This week on Dueling Review, we take a look at Daphne Byrne number four from DC Comics. Daphne has found an ally in Mr. Brooke, a skeptic and expert on the manipulations of spiritualism. But when a more immediate danger threatens her life, she'll learn something very surprising about Brother, the powerful spirit she thought had her best interests at heart. Daphne Byrne. Now, this is a series that you have been reading, Matthew. I don't know anything about it except it has my least favorite artist of all time working on the art. Kelly Jones. Yeah. I actually read issue one and skimmed issue two. Okay. And now I'm back. So and it seems is... like a thousand years ago. Well, in, in the current climate, it certainly does feel like a thousand years ago. Um, yeah, I will not, I'm not going to go there. Maybe not during this show, maybe afterwards. But anyway, what is Daphne Byrne about? Who's this ghost brother that she has? And, and she I, went to heck or something in this episode and, and cast her sure. face upon the, the devil? I'm not sure. I don't know. I'm confused. I this feel is, like I missed something. This is part of Joe Hill's pop-up uh, comic shop. Yeah, the Hill House comics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's written oh, by Laura wow. Marks. Mm-hmm. This, she meets a guy named Mr. Brooke, who is a um, debunker of spiritualism. Yeah, he's a debunker of spiritualism. Basically, he was doing what, um, uh, what's his name, the famous magician was doing back in this time period. Not, not. Oh, you mean Houdini? Houdini, yeah. Okay, so Daphne, uh, you saw the references to her dad. I remember Daphne's dad. Is dead. Just died. Yeah. And at the point where you know, they started dealing with the consequences of that is where issue one sort of picked up, I believe. Okay. Daphne's mom is, you know, having trouble trying to figure out, oh, how do I live in Victorian times without my husband? And I'm not sure what the ghost brother thing is about. I honestly don't know. It's really spooky, though. He it like is. comes to her in the dream and is like choking her out and then takes her down to heck and uh, rips off all of she- her skin and She's then, stuck in a in a coffin, and then she has to fall down, and oh, it's creepy. It's it's like it. it is a very creepy issue. I I don't know what's going on with this story. I wish I could say, and and really, here's I, I think people know that I just do not like Kelly Jones art, right? And so this issue was a big downer for me. The story, though, I don't know what's going on, but it's scary and spooky, and I I kind of half expect that. Um, what's that uh, medical phenomena where? One twin ingests the other one in the womb. <laughs> I've never heard of this. Oh no, this is a this is a real phenomenon where, like, uh, yeah, like decades later, you people reabsorb will reabsorb your twin. Yeah, yeah, where you reabsorb your twin. Yeah. Um, yeah, I have a feeling that is the that's the wahaha moment of this of this series is that she used to be a twin, and then she absorbed the brother in the womb, and that's why the ghost is hanging around her and forcing her to do all these things. And of course there's the weird devil ripping her skin off bit. That is uh, super crazy. I that do dig, horrifying. I do dig the spiritualism aspect of it. You know, here's this Mr. Brooke that is trying to uh, disprove, you know, these seances and the, and the people who can, the mediums who can uh, contact the other side. I dig that or part. And I, and I dig the part where, you know, there's the ghost that's kind of picking on him because you know, here he's the debunker. You know, I, I dig that parts of the story, but the rest of this is way, way out there for me. Even it, it, even beyond like House of a Thousand Corpses, way out there for me. Well, and you know, the Hill House books are kind of all over the place. This is you know the weird Gothic Victorian nightmare story. Your your turn of the screw. Mm-hmm. You're the others. You're whatever you want to get into, and. 
as you know, that's not really my bag horror wise. I like pretty much anything that's got kind of a weird arcane bent to it. So I feel like this book has a lot going for it, but I actually agree with you in this case about the art, not really fitting. There's a very early, uh, maybe page two or page three where Mr. Brooks is like, Oh, well, hello. And then we see the title page Mm -hmm. where Daphne is there and there's the ghost with the arms around her. And it just looks wrong. Daphne, just her whole face is is out of whack and asymmetrical. In not in an intentionally scary way. In it, it feels like it wasn't fully drawn, kind of way. I mean, that's been my complaint with Kelly Jones' art from you know thirty years ago, forty years ago, when I was yeah. reading him in Batman. It's just like, uh, do they have to still have him on the cover and the stuff in the pages? And I just hated it, hated it, hated it, hated it, and I still hate it today. Um, and so it's just, you know, I'm sorry. A lot of people may like Kelly Jones. And if you do, that's fine. My personal taste says this is not good art. And there are a lot of times where it's like, what are the weird proportions and the lumpy faces and the, and all this stuff that's going on here? I just, it just turns me off from that aspect. Now, maybe because this is a really bizarre story and maybe because Kelly Jones art is really weird and bizarre, maybe these two are a perfect combination for one another. But uh, if you're going to get me to give heap high praises on the art in this book, you're not going to you're not going to get it from me. I'm sorry. And that's, you know, that's perfectly legit. I feel like, you know, the other Hill House books that I've been reading, Basketful of Heads, for instance, Mm -hmm. is another story that specifically aimed at an era. It's I mean, it's the 70s slasher movie. Right. Of Hill House. And this is the, you know, the 50s Shirley Jackson kind of thing. Oh, I was going to say Penny Dreadful type stuff. Yeah. Uh, they actually have the other one that's, I feel, more like a Penny Dreadful, and now I can't remember the name of it, and I'm probably going to get sued. But the thing about the whole issue for me is, as you go through it, even having read previous issues as I had, there isn't a whole lot of context for it. So I actually had to go back and you know remember, oh, right, this is happening. But I'm still not entirely sure what's going on with the mother. And at s- different points during this issue... I couldn't tell if we were looking at Daphne or her mother mm. because they're very similar characters, well, both related. wearing, you know, black dresses with white uh, little plate things on them. They're... What do you call those things? Bibs? Yeah. Uh, sure. Pickups. Sure. You know, little uh, corsets and everything. Sure. And, and all and the I'm, things. I'm like, I think, I think Daphne is trying to prove that people are trying to put one over on her mother. Oh, yeah, yeah. They pretending definitely do that. to be the dad. But. Yeah, I also feel like the clarity of that story is not there. I I feel like, you know, and don't get me wrong. I've read tons of stories that were not as good as this, especially in comics. If you go back to like 13 Ghosts or if you go back to the Charlton horror anthologies of the late Bronze Age, you do get stuff that's a lot more formulaic than Mm -hmm. Daphne Byrne. Mm -hmm. But I feel like this is a story that as whatever it is, I feel like I wanted more. I wanted more explicatory dialogue. I wanted to know a little bit more about, Oh, well, who is this Mr. Guy? Who is, who is he? And how, how does she know about him? And I feel like missing that issue three may have shot me in the foot, but then I also feel like if I went and read issue three, is it necessarily going to give me an answer? 
And when you get to the point where Daphne is in H-E double hockey sticks and she's turned into the weird muscle monster with the funny and little, even the, uh, even the crown. Even the body proportions when she has her skin ripped off are really weird. Yeah, that's the, that's the money shot. That's the point that this book is trying to make. And that's the reason why Kelly is drawing this is because when the main character turns into a hideous freakish mutant, that's the part where you're like, yep, this is great. The problem that comes around is that the hideous freakishness of her mutancy is somewhat dulled by the fact that her regular proportions and expressions and body <laughs> aren't actually yeah. normal enough yeah. to contrast the weird and freaky mutation part. So, I mean, there are parts of this that I think are beautiful. There's a shot of uh, mom in shadow kind of looking up straight up into her face, but her eyes are in shadow and she mm -hmm. looks like a skull. And it's mm -hmm. really, really cool. Yeah, maybe they're and already we, all dead. Yeah, and then we go to that next scene and all of a sudden somebody's like, whoop, weird, freaky, asymmetrical eyes in their head. And I'm just like, Ugh. I know yeah. it's a stylistic choice. Right. But it's a stylistic choice that I just don't agree with. Yeah, no. So here's here's the thing that I guess I, coming out of this, in the old Penny Dreadfuls, sometimes you would have a complete story. Sometimes you would have stuff that is serialized and the stuff that's serialized really had good cliffhangers that made you want to say, Oh, when is the next issue coming out? Probably next week or in a couple of weeks. When can I get the next chapter uh, so that I can, so I can read this whole thing or the entire story was, you know, 50, 80, a hundred pages or whatever it may be were there in that, in that magazine. So you could get the whole story. Doc Savage was this way. Uh, there's a lot of the Howard Lovecraft stuff that, you know, the whole story is presented in one go. This one, I think the story is interesting enough, but I don't think that there are the cliffhangers at the end of each issue seemed um, not timed correctly. Because if you ended with, you know, the whole, uh, we're down in heck, and now your skin has been ripped off, and look and behold the majesty of our master, and then that's where you ended that issue oh my gosh, that would have been a great cliffhanger to go, oh my God, what did she see? And then you come back the next issue and she wakes up and she's gasping. It's like, why are my dresses undone? And and then go on with the story there. You'd be like, oh man, that was a good cliffhanger. And then you keep doing that issue after issue after issue. I think that would get me to want to come back and find out what happens next. Unfortunately, the and again, I haven't read the previous three issues, which is fine, uh, but Reading this issue, there's enough of a, of a hook in there that makes me mildly interested to find out what happens next, but not interested enough to wait a month or whenever this next, the fifth issue is supposed to come out because I don't care that much. And unfortunately, I think that's where a lot of comic books fail is you have a good story when it's read as a whole. But if you're only reading it once, one chapter at a time over the course of six to eight months, you're not going to keep my interest for that long. And so maybe this is one of those that is better served as a wait for the trade kind of book, because as it stands as a single issue, I really can't recommend it. I would agree. I feel like definitely I'd be interested in the collected trade, especially knowing that you could sit and read it all and make, mm -hmm. I feel like that full judge expression. But on the other hand, we've been presented with this individual chapter which is good. And as I said, it's probably as good or better than many of the horror type books that you'll find in the universe. But mm -hmm. in an imprint that's also giving us basket full of heads each month, in an imprint that's giving us stuff that is really, really good, 
this feels, I think, a little bit like a disappointment, even if it is average or slightly better than. So I would say maybe, you know, give it a look and see if it's your bag. And if you do pick it up, maybe go ahead and pick up the first four issues or maybe grab the trade when you see it running around. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So this was the first week that we actually had physical comics back to stores. This is DC's controversial move that has so many people, and I say so many people, I'm really talking about the up, up, uptight uh, comic shop owners, all up in arms over the fact that how dare you ship comics not through Diamond because we're used to being abused by Diamond and not uh, giving our money to our competition. Uh, but what did you think? I mean, we, we didn't have a whole lot of books out in print this week from uh, DC. We had Absolute Day Tripper hardcover, a $100 book there. We had Batman yep. 89, which is the third printing of that book. Batman Giant right. number four, which is the Walmart uh, edition. Mm. Uh, Batman Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles three. That's the trade paperback that came out this week. Then Daphne Byrne, uh, Dreaming mm. number 20, Nightwing number 70, which was a second printing. Superman, the Golden Age, uh, volume five trade paperback, $40 there. And Superman up in the sky hardcover, another 25 bucks. So really only three. Well, Cap. four. Yeah, yeah. Uh, four if you count the Batman Giant. Um, and five, if you want to count the, the two reprints. Mm -hmm. So what did you think? Is that, is that enough? Is the, d I know DC wants to start off slow it's, and see how things go. It's something. And that I think is the thing we're looking at something that could be a major change in the status quo. So really at this point, it's kind of, for me, the cracker theory, you've taken a bunch of sodium crackers and you've put them, put in, put in, you've placed them in a sieve. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You've got them in there. Mm -hmm. And then you rattle them around, and the little pieces start to come through, and they start to filter through. The big pieces are going to have to break up before the big pieces come through. So I don't think we're going to see, like, ongoing adventures of Batman, Superman, Justice League immediately popping up. But once those little pieces, you know, filter out, once your Daphne Burns are out in the world, those bigger pieces can shake up, break through themselves, too. So I feel like it's a start, and it's a... It's a gutsy move by DC. People are mad. And in an industry where, you know, you are a distributor or, you know, you're a producer of comics, you have one distributor and 250 people who sell your comics across the country. Making a big change like this is, I mean, it's a big deal. Yeah. It's now, going to be a big deal. On the plus side, there were many comic shops that were surprised that when they got their physical DC books, how well they were wrapped, how well they were prepared, how well they were shipped. Like the, you could tell that the companies that are shipping were going out of their way to like bubble wrap these comics to get them to the comic book store so that they would be in really good condition. And I think, you know, it's kind of like that time where, you know, someone gives you a candy bar and you're like, oh my gosh, this person gave me a candy bar my entire life. All I've known is beatings and uh, black licorice my entire life. And here someone has given me a candy bar. I don't know how to react to this. Beatings and black licorice, the Steven Schleicher story. <laughs> so, well, and that is true. I mean, Diamond is notorious for, I don't want to say shipping mishaps, but... Diamond is notorious for there being issues, large oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. issues with shipments. So, you know, having somebody send out something, be like, wow, this is well done. This is all put together. Maybe it's early on in the game. Maybe they're still learning. Maybe they haven't started cutting corners or haven't come to a point where they realize that that extra care isn't necessarily something that you can provide with every other box. I don't mm -hmm, know. Maybe they mm -hmm, can't. Mm -hmm. But I uh, feel like at this point, that's kind of a, a cool you know, expectation to yeah. have. No, I, I say big ups for DC 
for you know shipping comics when they didn't have to. I know somebody's probably feeling the pinch somewhere. There may have been an order from up top about getting comics out there, but uh, I like it. I like that DC is like, look, we're looking for another solution so that we can make people happy. Uh, unfortunately, they started with a small selection. I know everyone was waiting for Batman 92, Batman 93, uh, and have been for months. That would have been nice if those could have been their kickoff titles, but uh, at least they're doing something. The company also got under a lot of fire for all their digital first comics that they were shipping. This is the second week of that, and so there's uh, Aquaman Deep Dives number two. Matthew, you reviewed Superman Man of Tomorrow number one. Superman Man of Tomorrow number two is now available. Teen Titans Go to Camp number 10 is a free comic. So there are a bunch of, and I think these are, I want to say 99 cents, but don't don't quote me on that. I may be wrong um, on, on the cover prices of those. But, um, yeah, there's, there's comics out there, people. Go buy them. Yeah. Uh, also, Viz Media had a bunch of stuff out this week. Yen Press had a bunch of stuff uh, out this week. Kodansha had a ton of of manga stuff out, a Marcosia, Action Lab Comics, uh, even though they uh, put all of their employees on furlough, they still had four books out this week. Aftershock Comics, Archie Comics had a new comic out there. Again, everybody's giving DC a lot of flack. Archie, when they re- released Sabrina Something Wicked number one, they said, oh, we kind of had to because so far in the process with all the variant covers for the individual stores, we had to go ahead and ship this. And I was like, okay, so we'll see Sabrina Something Wicked number two when regular shipping re- uh, resumes. No. Sabrina Something Wicked number two is in stores this week. Uh, and then also to get people, uh, well, it's not in stores, it's digital first. Uh, but then also to get people excited about Archie, they have these 80th anniversary editions. You know, uh, a bunch of stories featuring Cheryl Blossom or Jughead or the new Crusaders or Betty and Veronica. So there's a bunch of that stuff that people can get. Uh, let's see, Europe Comics had a bunch, Fantagraphics had one out. Oh, also a little company that you may have heard, Boom Studios who said that they weren't going to release anything. Uh, this is uh, OGN, so of course that goes to the bookstores. So yes, uh, Wonder Pony was released from Boom Studios this week. So oh there's, I, I just go down this list, and if you go back over to Majorspoilers.com and you look at the past month's worth of new comic releases, you just see this list grow longer and longer and longer each week. So that is a good thing. That is a good thing. Yep, yes. including Third World Studios, which is a company I really wasn't familiar with until... They started sending us review copies. Uh, you reviewed Super Fogies number 10. It's up on the website today. Super Fogies number 11 is also out, so they're shipping weekly. And by the way, if you are looking to maybe pick up Daphne Byrne or Super Fogies number 10, right underneath the, the cover, you'll see a link. Go ahead and click on that link. That will take you over to Comixology where you can buy these books digitally. Uh, that doesn't cost you anything extra to use that link, but we do get a little bit back our way. Uh, thanks to the Comixology affiliate program. So when you see those links underneath the comics or the trade paperbacks over at Majorspoilers.com and they take you to Comixology, know that if you're into digital comics, you're helping us out in the long run, and we thank you for that. So what's on the lineup for next week? Uh, Well, you know, I just closed down. Oh, uh, going back to the Superman Man of Tomorrow stuff. Those are 99-cent comics, so you can get those. As we look at the week ahead or the, the things that are coming ahead, yeah, last week, Matthew, you and I were talking because J. Michael T. was in the chat going, hey, I saw a bunch of uh, Marvel comics listed for next week. Do you think that means that Marvel is going to be jumping on? And I did mention uh, for the last week or so that, yeah, by, by Friday, we would find out if Marvel was going to get on the DC bandwagon or not. Uh, almost immediately after our podcast was posted, which makes me think there's someone over at Marvel listening. Hello, Marvel. 
uh, all those digital releases that were supposed to come out the next week were taken down, and Marvel went out on Friday and said, "Yeah, no, we're not going to ship until until the uh, until Diamond until Diamond gets its stuff together." So there we are with that. As we look at next week, it does look like Action Lab has stuff, Archie has stuff. Oh, Young Salem comes out next week. Uh, Detective Comics Volume Three is out next week. Let's see. There's a bunch of stuff coming out next week. Heart Throb Season, what is this? Season 3, number 4, arrives. Lost Carnival. There are not, I'm not seeing right now, again, these things change constantly. What I'm looking at for next week, there are not as many comics coming out next week. There's 76 items listed as there were this week. Let me just double check to make sure that I got my facts straight on that because... uh, Pretty sure this week we had 210 items listed. Now, some of those are reprints, but uh, only 76 listed for next week. So there you go. So we will definitely have comics to read in the ongoing future. And I hope that you, dear listener, enjoy uh, some comics that are out there, whether you're getting them in print from your local comic book shop as some stores are allowed to reopen. If not, you can get them over there at uh, your favorite digital comic book outlet. Of course, purchasing them, not stealing them, but purchasing them. And that uh, certainly is a good thing, too. And thank you to everybody who came to check out the Dueling Review live show in our Discord channel over at uh, Discord, uh, the Discord server. There's a link in the show notes for that. I don't know. There's not really an easy Discord address that I can point you to, but uh, do a search for the Major Spoilers channel and uh, you'll find it. There's a bunch of stuff in there, including the live stream of Dueling Review that we do 8 o'clock p.m. Thursday nights, Central Time. Matthew and I and all the cool people this week, it's Kevin Eleven and Pleasant Doom and a toss the Halfling, or is it Test the Halfling? I think it's Toss, oh, it's the, toss halfling. the Halfling. Okay, well, there you go. Uh, thanks to all of those awesome people for hanging out, and if you are a patron, also thank you for hanging out with us this week, and we will be back next week when you will get to hear Matthew say, Sunday, Sunday, Sunday! This podcast is copyright 2020 by Major Spoilers Entertainment, LLC. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 